We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is January 15th, 2024. It's MLK Day. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Kevin Tucker. I guess not all not as always this time. You're a special guest. Kevin Tucker. <laughs> Luke's out of town doing his uh, work thing. What's going on, producer Kevin Tucker? How are you? Jonathan, glad to be here as always. Always good to chat with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is off to a great start. Thanks for having me Yeah, as a special yeah. guest. For sure. How are you doing out there? A little, little cold in, in Savannah. You're, you're recording from your, your post-game live studio out there all bundled up. That's right. How's, uh, how's weather in Savannah these days? It's better than the Midwest, that's for sure. I mean, obviously, sports fans this weekend saw Kansas City and the craziness that was out there. I do not miss that. For those that don't know, I lived out in Indianapolis for four years, and uh, I, I don't miss it. I love Indy, great city. But the the winter weather for about you know four months of the year is just brutal. Glad to be in the south where uh, this is as cold as it gets. It's like forty four. I can handle this. All right, that's good. Speaking of the uh, the NFL playoffs, my Giants obviously nowhere near the playoffs, but your Bucks and a lot of uh, listeners, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are playing this evening, right? Because the Bills yeah. have the day game. The Eagles. How how are you feeling going into that? Terrible. Don't feel good at all. I have zero belief, but. <laughs> It's the playoffs. It's sports. Anything can happen. Um, you know, obviously, the only reason the Bucks are even in this position is is because of the division they play in. But um, you know, we'll see. That's the thing. You never know. We've got weapons on both sides of the ball. The Eagles are, you know, reeling essentially. Like they've fallen apart the last you know month, month and a half or so, whatever it's been. So we got a shot. We're at home. The, the thing that's annoying, as you know, living in the Tampa area, there will be way too many Eagles fans at that game. So that'll be no fun. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we got a shot. Of course, you know, most listeners, some listeners will be listening to this after this game and you'll know how it goes. But uh, I'll be watching. We'll see how it goes. And maybe just maybe the Bucks can pull off the upset. So we're recording this Sunday night, obviously, uh, before Monday, the Magic take on the New York Knicks in New York today. Uh, that game is going to tip off at three o'clock Eastern. So a nice little uh, early afternoon matinee uh, MLK day, I believe. 
every NBA team plays on. MLB I believe that's correct. correct. Yeah. yeah. So lots to look forward to uh, listening to this episode. Hopefully we're getting you primed for that game. So excited. Uh, look at looking at the standings. You know, it's all very, very close. We'll talk more about that in, in just a second. So, uh, but before uh, we start talking magic basketball, just a couple of uh, talking points here. Our next episode of the six fan show is going to be recorded uh, this Friday, the 19th outside of Kia after the magic take on the Philadelphia 76ers. And don't forget y'all still vote all-star vote.nba.com. Vote Paolo, vote Franz, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, all your favorite Magic players to the All-Star game. Paolo Bancaro jumped a couple of spots, you know, got above Kyle Kuzma. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> really, really needed that. Uh, Magic fans galvanized around Paolo Bancaro getting ahead of Kyle Kuzma, so we were able to uh, make that happen for him. We want to see him get a, you know, a little bit higher, not too far behind Julius Randle and uh, Orlando Magic player beating out uh, a Nick that's playing really, really well this year would be awesome. So continue to vote uh, for those guys each and every day and uh, make sure that you're getting your votes in on those uh, three for one days as well. Kevin, let's get into the state of the Magic. This week, unfortunately, the Magic went 0-3 with losses to the Minnesota Timberwolves on Tuesday, a loss to the Miami Heat on Friday, and a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday. They currently sit eighth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 21-18. and they are now nine games back of first uh, first place Boston, six games back of second place Milwaukee, four games back of third place Philadelphia, four games, doesn't seem like it's all that much, two games back of Cleveland, Indiana, and New York. They're a game and a half back of Miami, three games up on Chicago, four and a half games up on Brooklyn, five and a half games up on Atlanta, and six games up on Toronto. They are now 24th uh, on the season in NBA uh, in the NBA in offensive rating with a rating of 112.2. They're fifth in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 111.2. And they are 16th in net rating with a net rating of one, exactly one. Taking a look at the injury report, we've got some good news. We've got some bad news. The good news, uh, Joe Ingles returned to the lineup Friday against Miami after missing 14 games with an ankle sprain. Jonathan Isaac returned to the lineup Saturday against Oklahoma City after missing 10 games with a sore hamstring. Kevin, he's now played 22 of the Magic's 39 games. That is a 45-game pace if he continues that the, you know, the, the current level of injuredness that he's been. Now, if he can get healthy and put a nice stretch together, you know, maybe he can get to 55, 60-plus games would be incredible. Uh, definitely need that guy to, to be a bit more healthy here. Wendell Carter Jr. has missed the past five games with knee tendonitis. He is questionable for Monday's game against New York. Franz Wagner has missed the past five games with an ankle sprain. He has ruled out for Monday. Gary Harris has missed the past five games with a calf strain, also has been ruled out for Monday. And then Markel Fultz and Joe Ingles both missed the second night of the back-to-back Saturday night as they both work back from injury, but both are expected to play Monday, Kevin. Now, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, a little bit of tea here, a little bit of, uh, of the rumor mill. Friday, uh, Jake Fisher reported that Wendell Carter Jr. is expected by league executives to be involved in trade talks as we get closer to the deadline. And Sunday, Mark Stein reported that the Magic are exploring trade talks around Markel Fultz. Kevin, what do you make of these rumors? Do they surprise you? And do you expect the Magic to make moves as we're now three and a half weeks away from the trade deadline? Um, Do they surprise me? No. 
first off on two fronts. Number one, the rumor mill is going to rumor mill, you know, like it's that time of year. It's just about silly season as we call it, as we are, you know, as you said, just less than a month now away from the trade deadline. So rumors are going to fly about every team. All 30 teams are going to have rumors. So that doesn't surprise me specifically about the magic. It really doesn't surprise me. You know, those two guys specifically Markel Wendell at one point, even, you know, just as little as, you know, three months ago, four months ago, thought to be really important pieces of this core. And then two things happen. Number one, they get injured again, which unfortunately has been par for the course for both of those guys. But then the big thing that happened, Jonathan, those guys went out and the magic kept winning. And I think it made some people in the organization and people outside of the organization go, okay, maybe these guys are more expendable than we originally thought, you know, maybe in the off season. So um, it's tough though, because I think most magic fans really love those guys. Like as human beings, like those are great guys. And even as basketball players, they're good basketball players. They just can't stay on the floor. And I don't care how good you are. You're not worth as much if you can't be healthy. And so that's the hard part with those guys. You know, I think both, uh, both those guys are so talented. They're great locker room guys. They're great community guys. And so I would hate to see them go. However, does it surprise me that they're being discussed? No. The, the, the extra thing, though, and I'm sure you'll mention this, is it's kind of hard to trade a guy that's hurt, you know, or that can't stay healthy. Like, if the Magic don't want him because they can't be healthy, what teams are going to want him? You know, that's, that's the hard part where the Magic are right now is even if they do decide to deal those guys, what are you even going to get back? And will it even be worth a trade, you know? So all that, you know, to say, Jonathan, I'm not surprised. And I definitely expect a deal come deadline day. Is it for one of those guys, both of those guys? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So not only have they, you know, not been available, they they haven't really been all that impactful when they have been available. Right. Now, we've had the conversation of, oh, hey, you know, a few weeks ago when Wendell came back, it was like, all right, well, let's, sort of let him play himself back into the rotation and back into rhythm. And as soon as it looked like he was getting back into that rhythm, he's he's hurt again. Yeah. Now, Markel, since he's come back, has really just looked like a shell of himself, if, if I'm being totally honest. Like, even like athletically, doesn't look the same. Like the uh, fast break that he had against the Miami Heat, where a couple of years ago, like Markel would take off from almost like the free throw line. Yeah just didn't look like he had the same level of lift as he's had in in in, in past years. I'm I'm looking at uh you know Markel and, and Wendell's numbers. So Markel's only played in 8 games this year, um averaging almost 24 minutes a game, 8 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, shooting, you know, just under 45% from the floor, hasn't made a 3 this season. He's shooting 40% from the free throw line. I don't know if we are how big of a deal it really is, but one thing is for certain is like the hitch in his jump shot is completely back. Like all the progress that he's made over the course of the last season, the last few seasons with his shooting form, seemingly has just gone out the window. Like now you see the KT tape, you know, on the back of his shoulder. I don't know how much the thoracic outlet syndrome is is really a factor. And I talked about this with Luke a couple of weeks ago when or a week or so ago when Markel came back. The fact that the whole talk around his TOS since he came back the first time, like when he first like joined the Magic, his shoulders are good to go. It was, okay, we, we found a, a regiment that works for me. Now it's all about maintenance. So I have two big questions now is, 
the maintenance no longer working or did you sort of like fall off that maintenance which allowed this to happen both of which are massive concerns yeah it's it's funny i um sometimes when it comes to the magic i i probably i probably have you know i don't know about rose colored glasses but like blue colored glasses like I, i i tend to give the magic the benefit of the doubt a lot probably to a fault and so early on when markel was out you know this season there are these people, you know, online, Twitter, Reddit, whatever, saying, oh, I think it's the the TOS flaring up again, but they don't want to tell us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, guys, come on, you know, there's no way that's that. His knee hurts, right? And then he comes back and you're like, oh, crap, maybe, maybe this is the reason he's been out this whole time. You know, I don't know. Obviously, the magic can potentially get in trouble for, you know, miss, um, miss, you know, quoting an injury or whatever, you know, they can get in trouble with the league for that. So I really, I'm not exactly sure if that really happened, but it's, it's concerning. And maybe it's just more so when he's away from the game for so long, you know, that, that kind of maybe tends to creep back in. Um, and so he has to get his reps back in. I don't know that, that, that is the one thing with both Wendell and Markel. They've been out so much. I still can't, bring myself to fully judge how they're playing yet. You know, if you think about like Wendell was, you know, came, he played the first was at three, almost four full games. You know, the Utah game is the fourth game of the season. And then he's out for, you know, two months, three, what I don't remember how many it was comes back and doesn't look great. He does have that one good game. I can't remember who we were playing. Phoenix, Phoenix, the Phoenix game had a great game in that Phoenix game. We're like, Oh, Wendell's back. And then as you said, gets hurt again. So, Zero opportunity for him to get his legs under him. Zero opportunity for him to get a real rhythm to his game. And the same thing with Markel. You know, you said only played eight games this season. He played 39 games now. He's only played eight of them. And so part of me is like, it's still so hard to judge these guys. Because just like any job, your job, my job, if we're away from it for so long, and then all of a sudden we have to get thrust back into it, it's going to take us some time to get our reps in, to feel comfortable. And so, again, part of it is I love those guys and I don't, don't want to see them fail and, and don't want to see them get traded, you know, as, as human beings and as, as basketball players. But then at the same time, it's like, maybe it's time. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, maybe, maybe it just takes more games, get their, their legs under them, but they're running out of time. I think is what it comes down to. Like they're running out of time. Like you said, February 8th is right around the corner. Is that going to be enough time for them to, you know, stake, a, you know, claim a stake in this, this team going forward? I, I really don't know. We'll have to see. So like we talk about the way that they've, performed i think what doesn't really help their case is the way that other guys have filled in yeah. in their absence so true like with markel being out like you just look at the way that paolo has really taken over like setting up the offense but then like the way that jalen has played the way that anthony black has played i like lately i find myself like why is markel in like we like anthony black should be on the floor and i never right. thought that i would say that heading into this season we look at the way that goga has played and the way that mo has played in wendell's absence which has sort of led to those thoughts of like, hey, are these guys expendable? The one guy who has not been as injured but still has been injured throughout the season is Jonathan Isaac. And I I don't know about you, Kevin, but I find myself feeling differently about the J.I. situation because when he has played, he has been so impactful. And it's like, okay, that's sort of a guy that I'm, I'm more willing to wait on because when he plays, it seems to make a massive difference. Yeah, it's two things to that. You know, Friday, or sorry, not Friday, Saturday night against OKC, you know, J.I. comes back. And while he's, you know, not going to jump off the stat sheet, actually, he didn't even have a field goal Saturday night. 
the the way he plays defense. And I think it took him a little bit, you know, first few possessions, you may miss a step, but thinking back, and obviously we'll talk about this OKC game later, but to your point, into the third quarter, quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, Jalen Williams is cooking you. And what happens? They put Jonathan Isaac on you and he shuts him down. So even though Jonathan Isaac, he doesn't have to, you know, jump off stat sheet at you. He's impactful in his own way. Um, and sometimes, sometimes the shots are falling or whatever, but def- defense is his thing. But going back to your, your point about Markel, Wendell trying to play their way out of, or play, or I guess, play their way into fitness or whatever. That's one of the biggest differences with this season versus the last two seasons. The last two seasons, we this team gave opportunities for players to come back from injury or to grow or to develop because they weren't really playing for anything, right? This season is where it's different. Not only for the front office, for the coaching staff, but us as fans, the expectation is higher. And so there is such a shorter leash for guys like Markel to where... In past years, it's like, oh, he's out there because he's coming back from an injury. It's okay. Let him play through it. Whereas now it's like, we're trying to win these games and he's not helping us. And so it's it's so interesting. It's a totally different position that this team is in and that our fan base is in, the front office is in, that we haven't had in a long time, which is a good thing, you know, but it's it's just so different. It's so different. So that's part of where I think the frustration comes from Markel. You know, if this was last year, two years ago, everyone would be like, oh, it's all right. Just let him get his legs under him. He'll be, he'll be fine. And now it's like, he's part of, I don't want to say he's part of the problem, but, you know, we need someone to positively contribute to win games. And right now he's just not doing it. Like, uh, what was that? Friday night against Miami. Like, there's times he's bringing the ball up and we've got a three on two and Markel's not even looking at the mm. rim. Like, he he's, yeah, past first point guard. But this was like, to to our detriment like was not looking to attack at all just looking to move the ball offensively he just does not seem confident right now like does not look like the same guy and even the the first few games of the year it probably was that that knee tendonitis was starting to flare up on him and he could feel that coming on uh and didn't look like himself but since he's been back hasn't really looked like himself another guy as we are getting close to the trade deadline that that I'm really interested to see what happens with is is Gary Harris because of the recent emergence of Caleb Houston. Like Caleb Houston gives you a lot of what Gary Harris gives you and Caleb Houston is a guy that's still under contract for a, another 2 years making 2 million dollars a year. Gary Harris is an expiring contract. Is he going to resign or the Magic going to be willing to pay him probably a a, a pretty similar contract what they resigned him to before last season. So yeah, what what do you think about that? Do you, like do you see a move getting made and what do you think or what would you prefer the move to be? Yeah, I recently talked about this on uh post game show, which by the way, six main show post game live presented by Rockham after each and every Orlando Magic game, come check us out on YouTube. Um I recently talked about this, the fact that Caleb Houston in my eyes has 100% earned a spot in the Magic's rotation. 100% Credit to him for stepping up when he was given the opportunity with these injuries. I think he's 100% earned it. Here's what I think might happen, though. I think Gary Harris comes back from injury anytime now. Of course, I've said that for weeks, but anytime now, he's going to come back from injury. And Gary's going to get his spot back right away. And I think Caleb might lose those minutes. However, like I said, I think he's earned the spot. And I think Gary gets dealt. I, I really believe that. Um, the other option is Caleb has earned his spot and Gary is benched. 
That would surprise me. Because I think there are still plenty of teams, contending teams, that would love a Gary Harris, who's obviously not just a, a good defender, typically a good shooter, although this season, not so much, and a veteran presence. A lot of teams would like that. But I think Caleb, in this short stretch, has 100% earned a spot in this rotation, not just this season, but going forward. Like, what does this team need more than anything? They need shot making. We need a guy to hit shots from the perimeter. And that's pretty much all he does, you know, offensively at least. So you'll take it. But that's all we need. Especially when, when Franz is back, you get Powell and Franz in there together with Caleb Houston. I mean, come on now. Defense has to leave somebody open. And if it's Caleb, I'm okay with it. So I, I'm a huge Caleb Houston fan. You are obviously for sure a huge Caleb Houston fan. And I'm really happy with what we've seen from him. And the other thing I'll add about him, he was such a one-dimensional player last year. This season, he's adding some other dimensions to his game. Like, he is hustling. He is rebounding when given the opportunity. He's, I don't want to say he's finishing at the rim. He's only done that, like, twice. But he's shown he's capable. And so I think over the course of time, maybe his game will open up even more. And if they run him off the three-point line, maybe he'll take it to the rim. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I've been so impressed with Caleb, so happy for him, and I think he's definitely earned a spot in this rotation going forward. So given all the factors that we've talked about, like we've talked about Markel and Wendell both you know, expected to or, or rumored to be involved in exploratory trade conversations, talked about Gary Harris might be, you know, might be a guy that the Magic could be looking to move. Who is the move for you? Like, I feel like I know who you're going to say, but... Like, what would be like your dream trade deadline scenario for the Magic? Like, do you have somebody like targeted? <sighs> um, here's here's what I'll say. I don't know that I have anyone specifically targeted. There are people that you know, there are guys that Magic Twitter and such have pointed out would be a great fit for this team. What I'm most interested in is. Will this front office make a move like that? Like, will they make a move for a player? Or will they make a move for more assets? That's like the biggest question mark I have because in the past, the answer is easy. Like last two years, they would be trading for assets. Like no question about it. But like I mentioned earlier, this expectation for the season is different. And so will the front office be looking to add a piece that makes this team better for this season? I don't know. That would be a... Again, totally different move than this front office has made in past trade deadlines. Very much future forward looking. Like you think about the Markel trade, that was at the deadline. That was obviously such a far forward thinking move. He was not, you know, traded to win now. Um, and then the other examples, obviously, the last couple of years. So that's my biggest question mark. I don't, I don't think I have a player in mind, but I just have no idea. I don't know if this front office is ready to trade in some of our assets for, you know, a current asset versus trading our assets for a future asset. Does that make sense? Like that's, that's my biggest question mark. Yeah. It's because the magic don't really ever talk about, you know, what they're going to do or what the plan is. Yeah. You're just always having to play, like connect the dots and, and guess and speculate about what they're going to do. W what I'm thinking is like the magic just like tend to surprise us. Like when you don't think they're going to make a move is, is when they make a move, right? Like the trade deadline in 2021, we kind of thought that Evan and AG would be moved and we would move into like the, the next age of whatever the magic were going to look like. And then boom, Vooch is gone. And we're all like, well, we didn't really expect that. We didn't see that coming. <laughs> no. So I, I just go back to Tyus Jones. Uh, mm. There was a trade today involving uh, the Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons. 
in which the Pistons traded Marvin Bagley to the Wizards. Uh, it was uh, Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Livers and two future round draft picks to the Washington Wizards for Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. I don't think the Wizards got better in that move, trading for Marvin Bagley, who has largely been disappointing since coming into the league. Isaiah Livers, who a lot of Detroit Pistons fans couldn't wait to move, and two future second-round picks. So it seems like the Wizards are officially going into the mode of like these veteran guys that we have that we don't think are going to be a part of the long-term vision here. We're going to start to move them for young players and picks. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, that trade is one of the funniest things ever to me, and here's why. <laughs> because think about those Wizards guys. like They're like, oh, this is the worst season ever. It can't get any worse than this. And they get traded to Detroit. <laughs> I saw that trade. Like Of all the teams to trade with each other, the, the Wizards and the Pistons, it cracked me up. Sorry, I saw that was the funniest thing ever. Like Daniel Gallinari, who's had quite the NBA career, obviously ups and downs and injuries. Like that dude, that dude does not want to play in Detroit right now. Are you kidding me? Like He's like, screw this. I'm out of here. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, but again, I just go back to it. It seems like they're starting to make those kinds of moves. Yeah. And because of the injuries from this year, I don't know if Markel makes sense. I don't know if Wendell makes sense in that deal. Now, Gary, on the other hand, is a guy, again, who's expiring, that I think if it's Gary Harris, and maybe you, you can get by with a couple of second-round picks in a deal for a guy like Tyus Jones, again, I'm fine with moving that 2025 uh, first round pick from Denver. The way that this team is going, like we're not going to be bringing in multiple rookies a year, like in a given draft class. Like that's right. it's just not going to happen as this team continues to grow and and take steps towards you know perennial playoff appearances and and contention. Eventually, the days of us having you know multiple first round picks and using them, I think, are behind us. And Denver is going to be good for for quite some time with Jokic, which with Murray going to be a late first at the absolute best like you're talking about you know a high 20s pick so i'm good with moving that personally if the move is for tyus jones and then it just comes down to like whether or not you know the magic are going to be able to resign that guy if you're confident about that that's a move that makes you better for this year and it, it makes you better in the future but i what i struggle with is we just still don't know what this front office values this year like we're all talking about yeah we've raised the expectations we have a new standard yeah fans say that but from jeff weltman and, and anthony parker's perspective why would we change expectations like at this point if their goal was the plan for this year they're probably are go already going to match that and the rest of the season they're playing with house money so if they don't feel a strong need to improve the team for this season then they're not going to make a move We've got three and a half weeks, and, and we probably won't know until the last minute. Odds are they're not going to make a move. That, it just kind of is what it is. But it, it's it kind of sucks because, like, hey, like the team's competitive. If you can make a move that makes you better now and for the future, it would be really exciting. Like we're at the point now where I'm not waiting for like the next superstar trade. I'm not waiting for Donovan Mitchell to request a trade or any of these other guys. Like I'm good with Paolo. I'm good with Franz accentuate what those guys do well and a guy like Tyus Jones be the perfect fit around those guys or you know a lot of the other you know shooters that are going to be discussed uh, up to the the trade deadline that's that's really where we're at with the magic you've seen the evolution of Paolo the last couple of weeks and that's largely come with playing next to guys like Jalen Suggs and and Caleb Houston who are shooting pretty close to 40 percent from behind the arc this season I think that's like the, the next step for this team and 
the writing's on the wall. Everybody knows that. But are they going to start that now? Or like it should it should start this coming off season at the absolute latest. We shouldn't have another year of, hey, let's just evaluate and see what we have. It's like, no, we kind of know what we have. We know that these guys can't stay healthy. Hmm. Jury is kind of out on J.I. Like if he ends up playing 65 games this year, like that's it's still a possibility. Like he would have to play every single game for the rest of the year. <laughs> but it is still a possibility for him. But when it comes to Markel, when it comes to Wendell, I think most people are looking around like, hey, we weren't that bad without those guys. They can't stay healthy. And when they have played, they haven't looked great this year. And other guys are stepping up in their absence. So it's a difficult conversation, but we've got you know, three and a half weeks here. I'm hoping that the Magic make a move. I would love to make a push for you know four, five, or, or six. I mean, heck, we're four games back of three. I don't think you're going to get there, but you're four games back halfway through the season. Like, what what are we what are we evaluating at this point? That's kind of where I'm at. Like I've seen what I need to see. Yeah, part of it is obviously we're it's it's interesting because the, the schedule is going to get easier right around this time. You know, like right around the time of the deadline, maybe the week before or whatever. So that's interesting. But I'm with you. I think the move is to, to get somebody who's healthy. You know, whether that's whether that's us acquiring a healthy person or some of our guys coming back healthy. But it, you said something, Jonathan. You said it's probably more likely that they don't make a trade. I, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. I think it's more likely that the Magic do make a trade. Now, please... A significant trade. That, that's I, what I, I guess to, is what I should have said. Say. That's Sorry. what I was about to say. <laughs> because this team, like this front office, I think they'll make a trade. I, I don't know if it's going to be what Magic fans want, but I they're known for these things, right? Like these second round swaps or whatever. So I think the Magic will make a trade, but yes, you're right. That is the question. Is it significant? Does it move the needle for this team? Does it make this team healthy with healthier contributors? Obviously, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I think the Magic make a deal. Um, and I think there's a chance they actually make a move, like a real move. Not a huge one, but a move that adds bodies. And, and I, guess, I guess we'll find out in three and a half weeks. Most people would say like a move for Tyus Jones, like if it is Gary Harrison, a couple of future second round picks. Some people would say that's not a huge move. Like, is it a huge name move? No. But in terms of what it would bring to this team, I do think that is a huge move. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a huge move, not just for what it would do for this team, but it's a huge move, again, by this front office. Like A move like that really shows what the intentions are of this front office. And also, I, you're 100% right. Talk about, can we secure him long-term? This front office isn't stupid. They're not making that move if they don't know that Tyus Jones will stay here. You know, They'll have their conversations with him, tampering or not. They'll find out. They'll find out if Tyus Jones wants to stay here because they're not going to throw away. Now, let me back up. If they don't have to throw away a lot, like if it's like you said, a Gary Harris expiring, and you know a second rounder or something like something crazy like that, you go okay, yeah, they'll they'll take that. Um, but yeah, if they're putting any kind of significant assets, they're not going to do it without knowing for sure that that he'll uh, he'll stay at beyond this season. And another point is if if you trade for Tyus Jones now, I believe you you get his bird rights, which means you can exceed the salary cap to to re-sign him if you need mm-hmm. to. So if this is the year that the Magic are going to go on a spending spree, you make an agreement with Tyus Jones, you get a, another couple of like, hey, like we've got Paolo, we've got Franz, we've got Tyus Jones, we've got Jalen Suggs, and now we're talking to, I don't know, is it a Nick Claxton this Ooh. offseason? Like, hey, you you sign here, then we're going to re-sign Tyus Jones. We're going to be a little bit over the cap. We're going to make it work. And next year, you're rolling into the season. I'm not. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, yeah. but you roll in the next season with a starting lineup of 
Nick, uh, Nick Claxton, Paolo, Franz, Jalen, and, and Tyus Jones. Like we're talking about home court advantage in the first round next year. Yeah, we might be talking about like, it this year. That's still not out of their own possibility, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go back to Friday night. Let's talk about this Miami game. First of all, Kevin, I know you did not have the pleasure of, of, of attending the watch party that we had over at Hagen O'Reilly's, but I had never been to like the Winter Garden area of Orlando. I had never been to Hagen O'Reilly's. That might be like one of, other than Wall Street, of course, that might be one of my favorite venues that we've ever had for a watch party. Like aw- awesome atmosphere, like small but spacious inside like a really like intimate environment mm. and like the folks that came out just brought the energy from the jump like maddie world peace was sitting next to us there was a woman sitting behind him her name was shelly shelly was bringing the energy the entire night as Love always that. met a lot of you know listeners and, and other magic fans appreciate meeting everybody nick anderson was there got to talk to nick anderson got to shake his hand and i said look i know you're happy for the big fella if it was up to us you'd be the first jersey in the rafters i had to let him know that we're we're you know we're we're trying to get Nick Anderson on the show. We'll see what happens with that. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out everybody for the the watch party. It was a ton of fun. The Heat game, it, it was fun. You know, it had its moments, mm. but ultimately, uh, you don't come away with the the victory, ninety nine to ninety six. Take a look at the box score. Uh, Magic not a great start. Uh, first quarter outscored twenty two to thirty, but made a good run in the second quarter, down one at the half. 
really the majority of like the second quarter and into the the third and fourth quarter, the Heat just kept this like four to eight point cushion where like every time the Magic cut it close, they would go on a little bit of a run. Want to fast forward to the fourth quarter. Magic were down, I believe it was 92 to 95 with 110 to left. Paolo Bancaro drives to his right, hits a fadeaway to make it a one-point game with 110 to go. Mm. Bam out of bio, misses a 17-foot jumper. Magic going the other way. Paolo goes back to the same spot, mm. the fallaway jumper from the baseline to put the Magic up 96 to 95 with 38 seconds left. A couple of possessions later, 19 seconds left. Bam out of bio, hits the pull-up over Mo Wagner. And now the Magic have the ball down one with 19 seconds left. Paolo drives. Misses the bank shot, but collects his own rebound, Kevin. And when I tell you, all of Hagen O'Reilly's was expecting Paolo to just lay that ball back in. He goes up. The ball just falls out of his hands uh, and into Haywood Highsmith's hands. The Magic have to foul. He makes both free throws. Paolo drives the length of the floor with eight seconds left. Misses the pull-up at the end. And the dirty, stinking, freaking heat get away with the 96-99 to victory in Miami over our magic kevin what were your thoughts from this game um this game <laughs> doing the, the post game show for this game was interesting because this game i think thinking back to the the previous 37 games or whatever it was before this game i think this one disappointed me the most and what i mentioned on the show was it wasn't the last 30 seconds like it wasn't paolo missing that bank shot it wasn't paolo you know, losing the handle on the way up for the putback. It wasn't Paolo taking that long three to try to tie the game. It wasn't any of those things. It was like the first quarter, honestly. Like the first quarter is where he lost this game. And what was so frustrating about this game, Jonathan, was that the Heat were without Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry. I'm probably forgetting one other, but those are the three main ones. And so the fact that they rolled out there eight deep, they played eight guys on Friday night. And when you think about the guys that did play, you had their starting five. Haywood Highsmith starts and plays 32 minutes. Nicole Jovich, you know, didn't play great, but played 25 minutes. Bam, obviously, 40 minutes. Duncan Robinson played 41 minutes. Hawkwes Jr., 37 minutes. Josh Richardson, 25. Kevin Love, 16. Caleb Barton, 24. That's it. That's who played for the Heat. And so coming into that game, seeing their roster, I know we're hurt, guys. We just talked about it. I know how hurt we are. But I thought our team stacked up against that team should have won this game relatively easily. And so the fact that they go out there with an extra day of rest, by the way, in that first quarter and absolutely lay an egg on both ends of the floor, I was heated. I was so just disappointed because I thought this was a game you absolutely had to win First off, in a vacuum, like I said, that our roster versus their roster, I thought you should have won this game. But then we think about the importance of this back-to-back and the fact that you have to go from Miami to OKC, which is a joke, by the way. Screw the NBA. You have to go from Miami to OKC, which is a scheduled loss. So you feel like you got to get this one. And so I was just, I was so disappointed, crushed. Like I know injuries are an excuse. They're a reason, whatever. But Miami had just the same excuse and reason, if not more. You really should have won this game. So anyway, the first quarter really disappointed me. The rest of the game was just meh. You know, like you said, it was that same deficit the whole time. Credit the Magic, of course. They're never going to give up. They clawed back several times. That second Palo jumper in the fourth, I that was amazing. Like seeing him hit that twice back-to-back, same spot. 
was just exhilarating. And I thought, I thought we were going to win after that. I really did. I was like, okay, we're going to get the stop. This game's going to be over. And then obviously, you know, you mentioned what happened. So disappointing. I'm not disappointed at Paolo for that stuff at the end. He's the reason you're in that position in the first place. So anyway, yeah, all in all, just maybe the most disappointing loss of the season for me. Yeah, what what really annoyed me was just like the the level of ease at which Miami was getting to the rim. Like Duncan Robinson should not be a guy that is blowing past your guards on the perimeter. Like that should just never, ever, ever happen. No. And the lack of like a rim presence, like the Magic had eight blocks in this game. Do not let that fool you. Okay. Jalen Suggs had three. Markel had one. Cole Anthony had one. Chuma had one. Goga had one and Mo Wagner, uh, Mo Wagner had one as well. Like eight blocks to Miami's one, which would be like, oh, wow, the Magic probably did a pretty good job protecting the rim. Absolutely not. Like they were legitimately getting to the rim at will. I know Mo had it going offensively, especially late in the game, but having Mo, especially that last possession when Bam Adebayo was able to hit that pull up jumper, but Bam was just cooking Mo Wagner the entire night. Now, Goga wasn't doing much better, but it's like we have a long track record of Goga's defense and Mo Wagner and sticking with Mo because he had the hot hand offensively down the stretch. Down the stretch, I don't care who has the hot hand. You're giving Paolo and Franz the ball. Anybody else's offense, unless the excuse is like, hey, well, they're going to help with like stretching the floor. Mo doesn't exactly help you stretch the floor. Right. So I thought it was a little bit strange uh, that we didn't have uh, Mo uh, sitting on the bench and, and having Goga in down the stretch but like yes the defense is an issue but for the most part you know like Jalen Suggs I know he he missed a, a ton of this game because of the the illness he was able to play on on Sunday and comes back in that final possession but he only played almost 14 minutes in the game but we've got to get some more you know Trevor and Queen and, and Anthony Black out there to try to stop Duncan freaking Robinson and Hawkes Jr from getting to the rim over and over and over again in this game. Like if you look at the you look at the 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 box score, you look at the stat sheet, the Magic shoot 43.9% from the floor to Miami's 44%. Uh 12 uh 12 offensive rebounds for Miami, 10 for the Magic. Uh you're out rebounded 38 to 41. It's pretty close there. 26 assists for the Magic to 23 for Miami. 10 steals for the Magic to 6 for Miami. 8 blocks for the Magic to 1 for Miami. And then you win the turnover battle, eleven to sixteen. Like this game, like literally comes down to the fact that you shoot worse uh, than Miami from the floor, and you miss eight free throws, twelve for twenty in this game. Like Goga, zero for two. Markel, one for two. Cole Anthony, one for two. Joe Ingles, zero for one. Anthony Black, one for two. Like that's the difference in the game right there. So it just drives me crazy. Is like how many times are we going to lose for the same reasons this year? You, you either can't defend on a certain night. I know we've had a ton of guys in and out of the lineup that has caused that to be an issue. But free throw shooting and turnovers, especially lately, it's just gotten crazy. Yes, I 100% agree. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. I just got to be brutally honest with our viewers who probably just saw me react. Dame just hit a long three straight away at the buzzer to beat the Kings in overtime. Sorry. Like okay. Dame time in Milwaukee, like crazy. I pulled it up because there was four seconds left. I was like, let me see what happens. And then Dame did that. And my eyes got real big. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Back to this game. I did want to mention, you mentioned it already. I know I just totally just crapped on this team for losing this game and losing the first quarter and all those kinds of things. It is worth noting, like whatever sickness is going through this team is legit. Like, like I don't want to, I don't want to, 
yeah, I don't want to like blow past this and just totally poop on this team because I mean, it is just run through the entire team right now. And this team is ravaged by this, whatever sickness this is, it's making guys, I mean, apparently like stomach sick. Like, so you mentioned Jalen playing through it. Obviously, Anthony Black played through it on was it Tuesday, I guess. Uh, and then obviously didn't come back in the game. So credit these guys. I'm never, I never want to sit here and um, say they didn't try, didn't give their best effort. Like, I don't think that's ever been the case with this team. Now, I think they take plays off. We, that happens, whatever. But I think on the whole, this team is never lacking effort or will or whatever. Please don't mishear me on that. It's just that we got cooked by a veteran team. That's what it comes down to. Um, maybe there's a lack of focus at times. So that's unfortunate. Um, but I just I just had to be sure I added that for this game and the OKC game. Like our guys are fighting through some junk, you know. And so credit to them. Always, always appreciate them for for doing that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I thought this was going to be I, the, earlier in the day. You know, we get the stat that the Magic haven't forget who it was. It might have been Orlando Muse on Twitter. I think that the Magic hadn't won in Miami <laughs> since March of 2019. Gross. Uh, when the uh, the Heat were retiring Chris Bosh's jersey, that whole like lengthy halftime Magic come back in that game. Part of that 22 and nine stretch to end the season. And I, you know, I was there. Uh, DJ Strong came out to the the watch party. At, and he asked me to come up and like give some stats or whatever to to the Magic faithful that were there. I was like, Magic haven't won in Miami in five years. Like that ends tonight, and unfortunately, it, it did not end that night. Yeah, it's rough. All right, want to take a couple of minutes here uh, just to give a, a shout out to our patrons, the folks that help make each and every episode uh, happen. Uh, part of our our Patreon uh, is we have our Discord channel where we've had like a massive influx of people. I think earlier this morning, Sunday morning, like bright and early, Magic Faith were going crazy in there for a, a good hour or so just debating different things about the the current state of the team. So it's it's just awesome that we have, you know, 50 plus Magic fans in that Discord right now that literally all day every day people are in there talking Magic basketball. And the thing that I was most proud of today is like people disagree, you know, about things all the time and on social media especially it gets really nasty. But people were disagreeing. Everybody was entitled to their own opinion, and they were able to you know, agree to disagree and do so in a respectful way. So, if you're in the Discord, if you were part of that conversation, just wanted to give you guys a, a special shout out because I thought that was really awesome. So, that's one of the benefits of our Patreon community. Uh, and another benefit is when we have brand new patrons. Uh, whenever we have them, we give them a very special shout out. So, a special shout out to Barstool Magic, uh, who just joined our Patreon at the elite tier level. Really, really appreciate that. Welcome to the community. Uh, I believe they've joined in the, the Discord already. If you haven't done so, please go ahead and do so. Uh, always a fun talking with other Magic fans. And then we give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons each and every episode. We'll go ahead and start with the Court Cousins. And then best friend of the program, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warren, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Phil Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahen 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, R Improv 221, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Walsh, Fritz, Currency, Kev, Bruv, Sal, Case and Green, Santi Leon, 
Kane Eckler, the distract, Ahmad Timsa, Chansu, Tom Gadsden, Dead Air, Richard Tuttle, Jeremiah Quintero, and Barstool Magic, our newest patron. Again, a big shout out to all of our patrons. If you'd like to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, Kev, we talk about, you know, Magic have this loss to Miami. They've got to fly to Oklahoma City. They get in about four or five in the morning local time in OKC. Got to get a couple hours of sleep, probably get a nice nap in in the middle of the day. But now you're going up against, you know, one of the best teams in the league this year, one of the best teams in the Western Conference in the Oklahoma City Thunder. And sorry, one of the healthiest teams, by the way. (laughs) Add that to the list. Nobody on the injury report for the Thunder. Not a single soul. Disgusting. It's unfair, Jonathan. I hate it. I mean, did we maybe opening night? Yeah, I think opening night was like the only game this year that we haven't had a single person on the injury report. And that was like the first time in like three years that we didn't have a single person on the injury report. Did we not get through the first three games? Was it was Wendell the first injury that Utah game? Maybe or did he, someone? He might have been, but I, I feel like there was like so and so is day to day or so and so is questionable. If Probably. anything, it lasted all the five minutes, those yeah. first three games three to games. start the year, which, you know, in comparison, it isn't much. But to be here in the middle of January and you're going up against a decimated Orlando Magic team and you're sitting at home, OKC, without a soul on the injury report, <laughs> you know, it, it's not their fault that we've had to suffer what we've had to suffer, but it must be nice for them. Yeah. All right. Let's go into the, the first quarter. Uh, not a great start to the first quarter for the Magic. Uh, got down, I think it was 8-2 to two early or even 10-2 to two early. But Magic able to sort of settle a little bit uh, and we're just down one uh, at the end of the first quarter. Uh, found themselves down nine at the half. And really, the fourth quarter, uh, especially, Shea, just given the Magic fits, seven uh, only seven points, I guess, in, in that fourth quarter, but it felt like a heck of a, to- a heck of a lot more. Uh, six and ones in this game for Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Kevin, which, by the way, set an NBA record, or tied the NBA record, I should say. Not a great defensive performance by the Magic. Uh, Jalen Suggs, he's fighting through that illness. You know, Friday night had to leave the game, came back in, still fighting through that illness, played 19 minutes in this game. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 37 points. And this is another game that came down to turnovers and free throws. Magic 15 of 24 from the free throw line and uh, 15 turnovers to Oklahoma's eight, uh, Oklahoma City's eight, and they shot 18 to 21. Neither team shot the ball exceptionally well. Magic actually shot the ball a bit better from the floor. 46 to OKC's 45%. And then both teams, 20 and 22% for the Magic and the, the Thunder. Uh, so really, you lost this game, I felt like, on the, the offensive glass, turning the ball over, missing your free throws, tried to make a, a push late in the game, and then end up losing a 112 to 110. Yeah, it was obviously very disappointing um, and, and interesting because the Miami game, you know, Miami actually turns the ball over more than you, but OKC is just a different animal. We talked about Miami's 
veterans. They just play at a different pace. They just play with their their minds. OKC just plays with their their speed, their athleticism, and uh, and obviously a lot of talent in SGA and other guys too. I don't want to, I don't want that to sound like a slight, but SGA is just crazy, you know. Um, disappointing, obviously the turnovers, the free throw shooting continues to be an issue for this team. I mean, how many times in the last couple of weeks have we said? You make a decent number of free throws, you win this game. Like literally, the difference in the game. Um, yeah. So tonight, that that was obviously a tough one uh, on Saturday as well. Um, going back to the whole SGA thing, and I I don't think anyone is more disappointed in himself than Jalen about Saturday night. Like for him to bait, you know, take the bait on the first SGA pump fake is whatever. That's going to happen. He's a superstar. He's going to convince guys to to jump for that. The second one, though, I was like, Jalen, come on, man. And I know he's kicking himself more than I, you know, more than it disappointed me. But I was like, man, you know, I, I know he was frustrated about that. But yeah, he he was he was great. And the thing with SGA is like, he's a foul merchant, but not in like the yucky, gross way, at least to me. Like watching like, it's not like watching a Trey Young or a Joel He draws Embiid. legitimate contact. He draws legitimate contact. Whereas guys like Trey Young, Joel Embiid, you know, kind of manufacture that con that that contact. Um, so yeah, and even I, the manufactured con- contact isn't all that much, and then right. they have to sell it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So can't stand Trey Young, but uh, yeah. Anyway, SGA, yeah, was was great and and made us pay. So yeah, it's tough, especially the and second the ability item back to, to, back. to draw the contact and then just flip the ball up towards the backboard yeah. and for it to bank in like again and again. It's like, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not foul in the first place would be nice. But that'd be that'd be my recommendation. Jalen was getting his money's worth. And, he was. And it just didn't matter to SGA. He just yep. kept making them. What, what I'm getting at, though, with that is second night of a back-to-back, a game that, again, in my book was a scheduled loss. Even when you're healthy and you add all these injuries, is it, in my mind a guaranteed loss. And yet, you still had chances to win this game. But those things... The turnovers, the missed free throws, a couple of big time offensive rebounds by OKC in in the second half. That was the difference, unfortunately. And again, defensively, this team did a great job on OKC. You know, uh, held them, especially like what was it, the second quarter? I, I just have this in front of me. Whatever quarter we, it was like super low scoring. The first quarter was the lowest one, obviously. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough. I think that's what's most disappointing. I'm almost rather go out there and just get blown out, like I expected us to. But to be that close and for it to be come down to those things, that's that's where it hurts the most. Yeah, I don't think anybody would argue that the Magic and the Thunder are just sort of on different levels right now. Like both have been in the lottery for the last several years. But with the Thunder, it's been a little bit different because I mean, even going back to like the 2019, 2020 season, when Shea like really started to ascend, it's like, okay, they have a guy that they know that they can build around. And for us, we've just sort of been floundering, like trying to find that until you, I don't want to say stumble upon Franz, but it was really unexpected, you know, the trajectory that he's had so far. And then you have to win the number one overall pick to end up with a guy like Paolo Bancaro, where the last several seasons, like we get into late February, early March, and it's O'Shea has an ankle injury that's going to keep him out the rest of the year. And then they, they lose the majority of their games down the stretch. And end up with a, a really nice, you know, lottery pick, which has allowed them to to draft guys like uh, Chet, obviously, and and like a, a Jalen Williams and like a Josh Giddy that sort of put them in this position to just 
add complimentary pieces around Shea, and now he's ascended to like this superstar level, and the entire team is just taken off. Not to not to mention the fact that they're an incredibly well coached team. Like Mark Dagnall has done a, an incredible job with them. Yeah. So I don't think anybody thinks like the Magic and the OKC are sort of on the same level. But I, looking at the schedule when it first came out, like when we looked at, I mean, we thought Detroit was going to be a lot better than they are, right? You circle teams like Detroit, like Oklahoma City, like Minnesota, like other young and up and coming teams in the league. Like, okay, let's see how we measure up. So back in August, this was a game that I was really looking forward to. And it's disappointing that you get to that game and you don't have healthy bodies. Like if a guy is not hurt, he's absolutely sick. Like even Paolo, like you hear it in his voice. All these guys to one extent or another have been infected by whatever is going on. And to his credit, he's been able to play through it. A lot of guys haven't just haven't been able to, like they have been that sick. So now we're looking at February 13th, the next time that we're going to play these guys at home on TNT. And I'm worried. Yeah, I am concerned about that game because our first nationally televised regular season game at home in over a decade, it's the night of Shaq's Jersey retirement. Like you absolutely have to win that game. And I have no idea how we match up with Oklahoma City because we didn't really get to see like the legitimate matchup of these two teams. And you know, could we win? Sure. Could they beat us by 20? I have no idea because we just haven't seen what those teams look like up against one another. And you know, all OKC wants to do is spoil that night. That's all they're going to want to do. They're going to hear so much leading up to this game about this matchup, about Shaq, about blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be fuel. So the Magic are going to have to give them their best shot. And hopefully we're healthy enough to do it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Literally, you and I will see. We will be there. It will be a lot of fun. To the Magic's credit, they scheduled the ceremony for after the game, which I right. think is a, is a genius idea because you see these often at halftime yeah. and it throws these guys way off. It's like, it's like the Super Bowl halftime show. Right. Like the elongated halftime, and and guys sort of get out of their normal routine and <laughs> rhythm. Bosch. So, ex- <laughs> exactly, <me>. exactly. <laughs> and we know how that night went. We just talked about yeah, that. But do. Kevin, the highlight of this game Whew. came in the second quarter. Let's let's talk about that. Man, I tell you what, this was this was special, and I did not expect this to go this way. When Jonathan Isaac gets the ball and goes to the right, first off, Jonathan Isaac, this one-handed bounce pass to Trevor and Queen as Trevor makes makes the backdoor cut was beautiful. It was great. Trevor Queen gets the ball, and who does he see in front of him? Chet Holmgren. And when he gathers and goes up, I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. And yet, what happens? Trevor Queen yams it on Chet Holmgren. Let's go. A throwdown worthy of the title of Jam Hot Chicken, Jam of the Week. It was a sensational play all around. Like I said, the pass from Jonathan Isaac was terrific. But then Trevor Queen, to be fearless, go up to the rim and throw it down on Chet Holmgren, the legit shot blocker that he is. No doubt this week's Jam Hot Chicken, Jam of the Week. You and I were talking about TQ before, like right before we recorded the pod, we were talking about the Jam of the Week. Trevlin has like a legitimate case for the best two-way player that we've had. Like I think we obviously were going to talk about Ignis Brasdakis. We're going to talk about Admiral Schofield. We're going to talk about Kevon Harris. Mm Mm-hmm. Devin uh, Kennedy. De- Devin Kennedy. Was Jordan Bone? Yeah, I think Jordan Bone was a, a two-way as Not well. Not him. 
it, tra- it might be traveling queen. It might it be. legitimately might be traveling queen. Like the way that I want to see a little bit more offensively from him because we know that he has it was the G League MVP a few seasons ago. But like defensively, I was not like I, I find myself lately, you know, with the amount of bodies that we've been missing. Like I'm like, why? Why is Cole in the game? Get traveling queen in the game for you know defense, offense. Those guys can go back and forth, whatever. But been pleasantly surprised by TQ the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I'm interested to see. You know, well, not really. I think, obviously, the writing's on the wall. Once this team is healthy, he's not going to play. But, you know, he's done a good job. He's done a good job fielding gaps. He hasn't lost you games. And so you'll definitely be happy with that. But, yeah, that's that's the jam of the week this week for sure. What a day for, for Jam Hot Chicken this weekend, though, huh? Jam, they had a, they had the Jam Fest. Well, first of all, I mean, they started the weekend off right. Myself and Luke Sylvia were there Friday night, and we were going hard. Luke Sylvia had the Sando. I had the box. And we just like ate until we about passed out. Mm. We were both like, hey, we're going to go to Hagen's. We're probably going to get something. I could not eat. I look over, and Luke Sylvia has this massive brownie sundae in front of him. I'm like, <laughs> dude, how are you possibly eating right now? He said, brother, this slaps. Can't help myself. Mm. So, so shout out to Luke Sylvia, but Jam Hot Chicken, uh, located at 400 West New England Avenue over there uh, in Hannibal Square in Winter Park. They had their Jam Fest uh, this Saturday. With their Jam Fest is like the annual like festival they have outside of uh, Jam Hot Chicken over there in, in Winter Park, uh, where people obviously can come and eat. They have different vendors out there. Uh, they have live music and and just just vibes, just great vibes. And this year also sort of lined up with them celebrating their two year anniversary at that location there. So we saw a ton of you know videos on social media of the line, like all the way down the block. People were saying it was a 45 minute wait in the line just to get to the window all day long. The food was fantastic as always. I know all the vendors did a great job. Our guy Gio from Players Closet Only was over there, or Players Only Closet, sorry. He was over there selling vintage Orlando Magic gear. Said it was a fantastic event. Everybody out there was having a great time. So just super happy for our friends over there at, at Jam Hot Chicken. If you haven't tried it yet, I had a few people that this was their first time this weekend when they went to Jam Fest. And I was like, listen, you have to tell me what you think because I know we hype it up, but to a person, every single person that goes there, they're like, you guys hyped it up, but somehow like it exceeded the hype. I told Andrew who runs Jam Hot Chicken, I said, sometimes I feel like I might let my own bias get in the way of like, how I feel about our partnership with them and how I feel about the people that work there, obviously. And I'm like, is the food really as good as I remember it? And I do this. I psych myself out every single time. And every single time I take that first bite, I'm like, yeah, this is everything that I tell people that it is. So a big shout out to Jam Hot Chicken for their Jam Fest. Uh, A big shout out to all the Orlando Magic fans that that showed up there to that event. And a, a big shout out to Gio. Go get yourself some Jam Hot Chicken, folks. Kevin, uh, going back to this Thunder game, I don't, I don't really have anything to add. Just uh, a disappointing game, but I, I keep coming back. It's not an excuse, but it's hard to really criticize this team when you just have so many guys that are either hurt or are not healthy. And as we continue to, to move through this stretch that uh, we're in, you just have to continue to tread water. That's all you can do with guys in and out of the lineup. To be honest, if you would have told me a month ago, like during this stretch, we were going to deal with all of these injuries and the whole team would be sick. I'd, I'd say, hey, like we're not even going to win a game. And they fared pretty well the last couple of weeks, you know, just down fronds and, and the whole team being sick, especially. Yeah. And uh, something I, I think, I don't really know if we touched on it enough. Like 
we got Joe Ingles back on Friday. And Joe Ingles was Joe Ingles. Like, he was great on Friday. And so it looked like he hurt himself again. Yeah, yeah, that happened. But obviously, he didn't play the <laughs> he second came night back. of a back-to-back. He, back. Back. he did come back. Didn't play the second night in OKC. But you'd, you'd like to think this week, you know, there's no back-to-backs. Maybe he's available for all three. That's a big boost. And so hopefully, game by game, we add some guys back into the fold, hopefully. Hopefully, we get Franz back this week. That'll be, I mean, that would be huge. I mean, honestly, everyone else can stay injured for a while. If we can get Franz back, that changes the game big time. Just relieves that, just that bit, bit of pressure off of Paolo. Because right now, the, the poor guy is literally carrying us. His back has got to be so sore because he has just been just carrying us for two weeks now. Um, but yeah, like you, you mentioned, finding ways to win, even though we don't always necessarily think it's going to be possible. But this week will be interesting for sure. Like I said, hopefully we can just get one guy back at a time and, and hopefully eventually get healthy again. So Luke and I, last week, when we talked about this past week, we said like you have to find a way to, to get one of those games, whether it's versus Miami or, or at home versus Minnesota. OKC game was always super unlikely. You know, you're traveling second night of a back-to-back, all that kind of jazz there. Uh, but it felt like you had to get one of those games and you you just weren't able to. So you go 0-3 last week. Now you're sitting at 21-18. and 18. You know, you were around 4-5-6. Now you're down to 8. And now looking at the week ahead, we're starting it off right. Monday, you're in New York, in MSG against the Knicks. That game's tipping off at 3 o'clock. Uh, then you travel to Atlanta on Wednesday, the last game of the road trip. Then you come home and you're welcomed by Philadelphia and Miami Friday and Sunday. Kevin, how do you uh, see this week going? Really quick, I as we talk about this New York game, I once again have to complain about the NBA schedule makers because this, would, this will now be the Magic's third game, third NBA game in 67 hours. Because not only is it not just three games and four nights, it's three games in four days because this game tips off at 3 p.m. after you played a game that tipped off at 8 p.m. on Saturday. Three games in 67 hours in three different cities. You go from Miami to Oklahoma City to New York in 67 hours. It is a joke. It is terrible. It is awful from the NBA. For that reason, and because of the Magic's health, I think you lose on Monday. I hate to say it. I would love to beat the Knicks. Always love to beat the Knicks. I'd especially love to beat them because they're flying high right now with their acquisitions. They're feeling great. would love to knock them down a few pegs. I just think it's a schedule loss. I think this team is exhausted. I don't think one day off is going to do enough for you. You don't even get a full day off on, you know, a full day to, to get ready on Monday. I think you beat the Hawks. If, if it's for no other reason, for my own sanity, you got to beat the Hawks. Um, and then you, you got to find a way to split those two games. I'd like to think we beat the Heat on Sunday. Which, by the way, since we've been talking, they they won tonight, so we're now two games back behind the Heat. We were one and a half games to start the show. Now we're two games back. And so I'd like to think you beat the Heat. I feel like you have to beat the Heat. And hopefully by next Sunday, we have more bodies back. Hopefully Franz is there. So that's my that's my prediction. It might be the easy way out, but I say you beat Atlanta, you beat Miami after losing to the Knicks and the Sixers. So I'll say two and two. Yeah, I think for me, like this week, you know, the beginning of the week, I, I agree with you. I don't see us, you know, the Knicks have been playing so well. They're at home. It's MLK day. The Magic are depleted. Schedule sucks. You don't even get a full day's rest because of like travel and, and everything like that. So uh, I agree with you the way that the week starts. You have to find a way to split that Friday, Sunday with Philadelphia or Miami. I don't particularly care who it comes against. I would prefer to win both of those games. It would be awesome to beat the Heat. 
but the Joel Embiid, you know, sort of being like in and out of the lineup, you know, the last you know couple of weeks is going to be something to monitor. Now we played Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago at home without Joel Embiid, <laughs> and it didn't really matter. No, but I would like to think that we wouldn't allow that to happen twice, like consecutive, you know, matchups against that team. So I do think you've got to find a way to beat Miami on Sunday. Now they'll probably have Jimmy Butler and Tyler here and those guys back, so it's mm-hmm. going to make it a lot more difficult. But you lose to Miami on Sunday, you lose the season series, and then you're you're losing that you know head to head you know tiebreaker and, and all that kind of stuff. So that becomes incredibly uh, important when it comes to seeding because there are two games ahead of us right now, and they haven't been all that great this year. I know that you know Jimmy's missed a decent amount of time, but I still think that us, New York, Cleveland. Uh, Miami are going to continue to bounce back and forth like around that you know four to to seven and and eight seeds there and if you lose to Miami then it's just like that season series and that tiebreaker sort of goes out of the window and and that's going to be crucial down the stretch so unfortunately I think we're we're looking at probably a one in three week unless you're able to get Franz back like I was really hoping Franz would be back at some point on the road trip he's already out Monday I don't feel great about the fact that he was ruled out 24 hours ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he was questionable, I would feel good about him playing Wednesday, potentially. But the fact that he was like immediately ruled out tells me that he's probably not back for Wednesday. So you're hoping that he can come back for Friday against Philadelphia at home. Yeah. Speaking of uh, injuries, I do just want to mention about Monday's game. Jalen Brunson missed the next game on Saturday, and he's questionable for Monday. It is a calf a contusion, calf though, contusion, aka though. a little tiny eensy weensy bruise on his calf. So he's probably going to play on Monday, but we'll see. Maybe maybe there's a chance he's out. At this point, obviously, we're never rooting for injuries, never rooting for that ever. But you know, if a player's out for the other team, I wouldn't hate it. You know, so but we'll see. Obviously, I think he'll play, but um, I yeah, you got to get Franz back this week, right? Got to. I hope so, man. I would think so, but honestly, when he went out, I I didn't think that he would be out. You know, almost what it's almost been two weeks now. So I I thought that he would be back by this point. Just the way that he's recovered from previous injuries. Yeah, we're uh, yeah Wednesday will be two weeks for Franz. So I I didn't envision him being out this long, but that you know ankle sprain just pretty significant and. It's happened a few times now. I, I don't remember if it's the same ankle that he injured earlier in the summer in the FIBA World Cup. And Paolo, you know, a, a guy who uh, you know he seems to tweak an ankle, you know, every now and again. And before he did it last season, he said he had never had an injury. <laughs> so I remember the last time he hurt the in, the the ankle. Uh, I think it was against Sacramento, like when he screams in the middle of that game, and he was asked about. It. I think he was like, "Oh, it's it's the the same ankle that always." So now the fact that that is like his quote unquote bad ankle, I don't love that. And I don't know if what's going on with Franz, like, oh, that's just his bad ankle. And if something happens to it now, he's going to miss a little bit more time. But I would hope that you would get those guys back. Hopefully we're able to get Wendell back. He's questionable for that game on Monday, but I'm not super hopeful that even if he does come back, that he's going to be back for good because this knee tendonitis thing with him, it's like the, you know, the plantar fasciitis that he was dealing with last year. It's just going to you know, keep coming back. and. Yeah, we just haven't had a ton of luck on on that front this year. So, yeah. All right, Kev. I don't really have anything else. I think that's going to do it for this one. Wrap this one up, unless you got something else. I just have one correction. We said earlier we thought all third teams play on Monday MLK Day. It's not true. Only twenty two. There's eleven games, but that's all I have. So yeah, uh, MLK always a fun day. 
um, of basketball. Obviously a very important day for us, though, to remember kind of what that day is about and celebrating the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But yes, uh, in his honor, we will definitely enjoy some some basketball Monday. It'll be fun. We absolutely will. And hey, if you are listening to this Monday, I forgot to mention this. I was uh, lucky enough to make an appearance on Nick's film school uh, with our, our buddy, Andrew Claudio. So uh, if you want to hear about the, the preview of that matchup from like a, a Nick's perspective, get a little bit of you know magic perspective as well. Go ahead and check that out uh, uh, ahead of Monday's game. So that's going to do it for this one. Wherever Luke Sylvia is, we know he's having a great time. We got a video earlier of that man singing Party in the USA. We sure did. Uh, at a piano bar. So we know he's having a fantastic time. Appreciate producer. Let's just give a, a round of applause, everybody, for producer Kevin and what he's been doing this season with the post game lives. Been so much fun, doing a great job. I'm telling you, folks, I've done one. It's not easy to do that. So uh, appreciate Kevin and everything that he does, as always. But that's going to do it for this one. For producer Kevin Tucker and Luke Sylvia, wherever the heck that Joker is, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.